help us understand a little bit better things that we experience, the things that we go through. And this world is not my home. Amen. I'm going to give you just a simple thought this morning. Actually, if you would title the message, I titled it The Simple Message. If we get down to the message, it's, it's simple. It's as, as simple as you can get. We were talking in Sunday school this morning about uh, the Good Shepherd, coming to the Good Shepherd. We were talking about the, the, uh, the white throne judgment and all the things that will take place there. And This message uh, would solve the white throne judgment's issue. Because if you would receive this message and believe this message, you won't be at the white throne Come on, judgment. Right. Right. It's a simple message. In John chapter number 5, in John 5 we see that Jesus has just healed a man who had been sick for 38 years. He was sick for 38 years. He raised him up. He picked up his bed and he walked. And the Jews that were standing by had to criticize him because he healed him on the Sabbath day. Doing something good on the Lord's day. Well, they criticized him for that, and, and Jesus speaks back. And verse number 19, all the way through the end of the chapter, is his plea back to them, his, his sermon back to them, if you will. You know, I may have been doing something on the Sabbath day, but it didn't break the law. Jesus right. did not break the law. He simply was allowed to, by law, to do something good. And he healed that man who needed, who needed help. John 5 and verse number 19. Well, let's all stand if you can. Let's read verse number 19 through verse number 24. We'll take our text from there this morning. And verse number 19, the Bible says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man, the Son can, can do nothing of Himself, but what He seeth the Father do. For what things soever He doeth, these things also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth Him all things that Himself doeth. And He will show Him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto condemnation but is passed from death unto life. And this is this will be our text verse. We'll, we'll say a few things on the introduction on the other verses. 
But as we read this and we think about this, Jesus Christ is, he is beginning to basically preach a message to them. In verse number 18, the Bible says that the Jews sought to kill him even more because of healing somebody on the Sabbath day. So Jesus preaches to them, like I said, from verse number 19 all the way to the end of the chapter. Thank you guys. You may be seated. Thank you much for standing. In verse number 19, you will see Jesus said just by way of introduction, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. What does that mean? Christ is not dependent on himself. Christ is dependent upon the Father. Amen. And whatever the Father will is is what he's supposed to do. He said, I can't do anything unless my father says it's okay for me to do. Now, you say, what do you mean by that? I mean, Jesus had to get his, his orders from headquarters, and that was God. See, what, what, what we don't understand, what some people have... What he wanted was not always what the Father wanted. And what the Father wanted was more important than what he wanted. What does that say to you and me today? Is that what God wants for your life is more important than what you want for your life. Well, I think I've got this handled. I can handle it all by myself. I'm sorry, honey, but you need to understand. God the Father understands, and the will of him is better than the will of me. Yes. And the way that I live ought to be the way that God wants me to live. The way that God wants every one of us to live. Even as Christ was dependent on the will of the Father, we ought to be dependent on His will as well. He said, I can't do anything unless the Father tells me so. See, what Satan has deceived us to believe is Satan wants you to do what you want to do as long as it's not what God wants you to do. Amen. See, Satan's okay with you coming to church. You know that? Yeah. Satan's okay with you, you, you coming here and worshiping God every once in a while. But he's not okay with you doing what God wants you to do. See, if he can get you sidetracked to do something good, you'll think that it's okay. But if it's not what God wants you to do, it's not what you ought to be doing. Satan wants you to do whatever you want to do just as long as it's not what God wants you to do. God, Jesus says, I can't do anything without the Father. Not only do we see in verse number 19 that he is dependent upon the Father, verse number 20. He says, for the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things. He, that In that text, him saying, hey, this is my deity. This is He is my Father. He is I, we are connected. He, that doeth himself, himself doeth. And then he says in, in that same verse, in verse number 20, he will show greater works than these. He said, look, look. He said, this is just the beginning. He said, there's more works to come. There's more works that are greater than what's going on right here than raising that man up and letting him take his bed and go. There's better works. There's greater works coming. 
but only through the Father. Because you see in verse number 21, the Bible says, For the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them. Even so, the Son of Man, the Son quickeneth whom he will. He was dead and yet alive. Yeah. What does that mean? That means that there was a day that I was dead. Yes. There was a day that I was not alive. And when Jesus Christ saved me, he quickeneth my soul, and I became a live man. I became alive. He gave me life, life that will last eternal, life that will last forever. Jesus Christ gave me that life. How did he give me that life? Through, the, through God. Yeah. Because it's his will for you to have life. It's his will for you to have life. God has not come. He, see, he come to seek and to save that which was lost. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't want to get into the sermon too much. I'll get there in just a minute. But he's saying, hey, me and my father, I've got to do his will. What he says goes. Do we treat God like that? I know how we treat it. Well, I don't like that verse, so let's cut that out. Let's modify that. Let's see if we can find something different than that, right? Let's do away with that. No, we need to do what he says. His will. Jesus said, no, no, no. He said, my father and I are one. He said, we understand. I'm going to do what he says. He quickeneth the dead. He raiseth up the dead. Look at verse number 22. Look what he says in verse 22. He said, for the father judgeth no man. Did you know the Father judged no man? You say, well, yeah, of course. The Bible says, uh, judge not lest ye be judged. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. But the Bible says in verse number 22, the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment to the Son. Now, how in the world is the judgment given to the Son? Who's the Son? That's Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the one that's going to have the judgment. This judgment that he speaks of here is for those who have rejected Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now you say in verse number chapter 3 and verse number 17, does it not say, For God sent not his Son to into the world to condemn the world, which is kind of like judgment? But you say in verse number chapter 5 and verse number 22 that the judgment comes from the Son? Do you know why the judgment comes from the Son? Because, uh, because it is not who Christ brings judgment. It is those who do not receive Christ that bring judgment to themselves. Amen. See, you receive judgment simply because you will not receive the Son. And that brings judgment to yourself. And that's why when God said in verse number 22, God doesn't, Father doesn't judge no man, but God but hath committed all judgment unto his Son. His Son is the life. His Son is the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. And so without the Son, there is no salvation. Right. Amen. Amen. Without the cross, without the shedding of blood, there is no salvation. And so when you reject the Son, you choose judgment. Yes. Not God. Not the Son. You choose judgment. Amen. Well, why would a wicked, why would a God, a righteous judge, send anybody to hell? I've had people ask me. Mm. He doesn't. They choose. In Sunday school again, 
Bible says, Behold, he stands at the door and knock. You know, your door at your house has two doorknobs. It has a door on the outside and it has a door on the a doorknob on the inside. You know why? So the person on the outside can try to get in, right? Right. We don't want people breaking in, right? Right. No. That's why we lock our doors at night, right? But the door that Jesus is knocking on has no door on has no doorknob on the outside. Right. Because it's not on Jesus to get you to believe. That's right. It's your choice. That's right. There he doesn't force anybody to believe in him. That's right. It's simply your choice. It's your choice. Verse number 23. And we'll move on to the sermon. I know I'm getting there. I'm trying to get. Verse number 23. <coughs> that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. What does that mean? You cannot honor someone in whom you haven't believed. Many people in this world try to honor God by doing things for God. But you cannot honor someone that you do not believe in. That all men should honor the Son. If you don't honor the Son, then you don't honor God, is what he says. Or if you don't honor the Son, then you can't honor the Father. Alright, so Christ understands that he is, he is dependent. He will quickeneth the dead. He was sent into this world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. He was sent here that... All men should honor the Son. Now, verse number 24. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, it's broken into four parts. He that, <coughs> number one, heareth the word. He that hears the word. <coughs> verse number, what does that mean? What does that mean? He says, he that heareth the word. See, there's there is a process. One way that you can hear the word of God is reading the Bible yourself. And that word of God begins to work. And that word of God begins to soak into your life. Sometimes it takes more time for others than, than some to actually hear the word. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints of the marrow, and is discerned of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen, this word of God, this Bible, the word of God changes lives. It changed yeah. my life. Yeah. It took me from a wrong against them to hell, and it changed my life. There are many people in this room who can say that the word of God changed their life. And the word of God can. It's quick. It's powerful. And it will pierce even to the dividing asunder. That is, the word of God lives. The word of God changes lives. The word of God. Amen. 
but they have to hear before they can believe. Yeah. Go to the story. Luke chapter number 16. Jesus tells a story of the rich man and Lazarus, two men. The Bible says that the that that they both died. Lazarus went to heaven. Yeah, well, went to Abraham, Abraham. each other you're stuck basically uh, yeah you're stuck and, and and the rich man looks up at him and he said hey, hey would you go tell my brothers so they don't come to this wicked place would you go tell them Lad, abraham Lazarus, he said hey, hey listen we can't go tell your brothers they have the preachers up there and if they won't hear the preacher and they don't hear the bible then they will choose to go to themselves. Right. You have to hear before you can believe. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, how can they hear without a preacher? Right. How can they believe on someone that they've never heard of? They can't. They can't believe. They can't believe. They can't call on his name if they don't know. And so when the day comes, someone who's never heard his name before will go to the same place as someone who's heard his name a million times. That's right. And never received Christ. I'm over you. You see, so what you're telling me is someone who's never heard the gospel rejects Jesus Christ. They've never heard. Will go to hell. Yes. You say, how is that possible? Because at some point, somebody in their family was told the gospel. Yes. And the Bible says that no man is without excuse. Right. Because this world proves that there is a Yes, yes, yes. That's why you go to the deepest, darkest jungle somewhere. And do you know what they're doing? Worshiping something. Yeah. Because they know in their hearts there is a God. You know why that makes it our job so important? Because if they don't hear the truth, then they can't be saved. Right. One way yes. to heaven. Yes. And that's Jesus Christ. No matter religion or race, it doesn't matter. There is but one way to heaven. 
and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. But yes. people have to hear it first. Yes. That's right. But they cannot believe unless they hear. Right. That's right. Number one, he says in verse number 24, they need to hear. Number two, they need to believe. Look at verse 24. He says, He said, Heareth my word and believeth on him. And believeth on him that sent me. Look in, in James chapter number 1 and verse number 22. He says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, it takes more than just hearing God's word to go to heaven. Because all, if all it took was you hearing God's word, well, every one of us are secure. But it takes you taking what you've heard and believing on Jesus Christ for salvation. That's why it says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It takes more than just hearing. It takes believing that there is a God. There is the answer for salvation. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 41, And then they that gladly received his word, they gladly received his word, they took what they heard, and they believed on what they were told. Do you believe God's word? Have you put your faith in him this morning? Many of us are good hearers, not good doers. He said, he said, you've got to hear, then you've got to believe. Yes. Make no mistake about this. It has always been, and it will always be, about your belief in God for the answer for salvation. It was never anything more and it will never be anything less than trusting Christ for salvation. Amen. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much you go to church. I don't care. That doesn't matter That's to right. God. That's right. It's whether you believe His Word. Yeah. What does His Word say? Verse 24. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. It is not enough just to know about the Bible. <coughs> it is not enough just to have a knowledge about the Bible. It is not enough just to talk about the Bible. It is not enough to go to church. It is not enough just to be baptized. It's not enough. It takes you Believing in Christ. Yeah. I'll tell you as simple as I can. You have to believe. Amen. You see. Right here. On this inside hall.
works. I know one end, if that, if that wire is hot, you don't want to touch it. Right. <laughs> Electrocuted. But I don't have to touch the wire to know that it's hot. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Have you heard the word? Have you heard that Jesus Christ is the answer for salvation? Then quit playing games and quit playing around with your soul. Quit playing around with eternity and trust Christ. Yes. Quit putting faith in your works. Quit putting faith in your church. Quit putting faith in all of that because that won't get you there. It's belief in God. Amen. In this verse, Jesus didn't say in this verse, well, you've got to be baptized, you've got to go to this church, you've got to go there, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. No, he said, he that believeth on me that sent, on him that sent me. You've got to hear and you've got to believe. Yeah. That's what you've got to do. Amen. Right. Once you believe, then you've got to confess. You say, you've got to confess, yes, Romans 10, 13, and I already said that. Woo! Open your mouth and confess. Hey, and I'm not talking to me. I'm confessing to God. Amen. Because He's the only one that can give you forgiveness. Yes. Right? Amen. Amen. Why? Why is He the only one that can give me forgiveness of sin? Because He's the only one that ever died on the cross. Amen. That's right. He's the only one that shed His own blood. There'll be church members in hell. Yes. Because they never believed in him for salvation. Yes. You gotta hear, you gotta believe. And what happens when you believe? Look at verse number three, verse number twenty-four. You get something. Amen. Amen. Woo! Verse number twenty-four. And the Bible says half. Do you know what that word means? Do you know what half means? You have. You know what that means? It's yours. You know what that means? It belongs to you. Half everlasting life. And so the moment that you believe, the moment that you hear, the moment that you bow down your knee and you pray to God and you ask for forgiveness of sins, that moment I got everlasting life. I'll never go to hell. I'll never touch hell. I can swing over hell on the weakest rope because I'll never go there because I trusted in his name. I have it. It's mine. And you're not taking it away. And no matter what I do and no matter where I go, I can't lose it because he has it. And he gave it to me. I didn't give it to myself and I can't take it away. Because he gave it to me. That's right. I can give you something, Brother Eddie, and tomorrow I can take it away. But when God gave me that, I have it.
right over Jordan and I won't look behind. I'll cross right over Jordan and shake right hands with the elders, sit right down with the Father and speak to Jesus as I walk into heaven, shout my way because the moment I accept it, the moment I believe, I got it. And I'll never lose it. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God because you're sealed until the day of redemption. That day, I stand before a righteous judge. He won't look at me and say, nope, you're a worker of iniquity. Nope, you didn't do enough good. Nope, I remember when you, 1998, June 14th, I saw you over there kneeling by that bedside. And that was the day you trusted me. Yes, it was. I'm safe. I'm secure. I have everlasting life. You say, why do you get so excited about that? Because it's mine. Amen. 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 It's mine. Amen. But at the same time, I'm excited. At the same time, I'm convicted. Because how can they believe? who will. And the life throne judgment gets more real every day. Yeah. Because if I don't tell them, they'll see me there as they get thrown into hell. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Yes. You knew all along. You hid it from me. In the next chapter in Revelation, the Bible says he'll wipe all our tears away. Yes. Because we'll see folks yes. that we know. That'd be the scariest day of my life. Them looking at me, beating my eye out of their eyes. I thought you were my friend. I thought we hung out together. And you didn't tell me. Why? Hell is as real as it ever will be. Yes. 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 But heaven is just as real. That's right. I have everlasting life. Maybe we tell somebody else. We need to hear it. We need to believe it. We have it, and then number four, and I'm done, is the promise. What's that promise? That promise is that, verse 24 says, And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Yes. As I said, I will not die 
don't, do not leave here this morning Amen. without knowing Amen. for sure. So that you can pass from death unto life. Amen. We'll read you this last text. I'm done. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I am come that you might have life. Yes. And you might have it more abundantly. Amen. You know, Christ died so that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. Do you have the life? Do you share that life? Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray and ask you that if there's one in this room that does not know they're on their way to heaven, I pray that today would be that day for them. Lord, I also ask that <coughs> if there's a Christian in this room today that says, I know somebody who's lost. I know somebody who doesn't know the Lord. I pray that you'd help them to show them the way. Help them to know the words to say. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And we're going to have a time of invitation, a time for prayer. You say, I'm sitting here this morning, please. And I know, I have. I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I know there is not a doubt in my mind. I'm going to heaven when I die. Would you put your hand up? I know. Anybody else like that this morning? Thank you. You say, Brother Trent, I'm sitting here this morning and God spoke to my heart. There is somebody on my mind right now that doesn't know the Lord and I need to pray for them. Would you pray for them too? Is there someone like that? This is Brother Trent. I got somebody right now. Thank you. I see the hand. Hands up all over the room. We're going to give a time of invitation, a time to pray. So when we stand, we'll all, you have a chance to come to the altar.